You're listening to The Plan Podcast, episode number 12, and today we're discussing ways to live more eco-consciously, and I'm sharing 10 simple things that I've integrated into my life in order to work towards a more sustainable way of living. So let's go ahead and just dive right into today's episode. Thanks for tuning in to The Plan Podcast. We don't know everything, but we're putting together a plan to figure it out, one topic, an episode at a time. If your goal is to live better, do better, or be better, then this is the podcast for you. So grab your favorite pen, folks, and let's make some plans with your host, Danny Bruflot from Time is Honey. All right, Danny, let's get planning. So as this episode is being released, my friends back in Minnesota and Wisconsin, which is probably quite a few of you, are experiencing wind chill temperatures of 50 to 60 degrees below zero. And that's in Fahrenheit. That is a pretty solid 90 degrees colder than it is in Copenhagen right now, which is, wow, it's just extreme. And At the same time, over in Australia, we have extreme heat. So it's just kind of extremes all over the place, which I hope is as alarming to you as it is to me. And then we have this little bit of news, which I'm assuming probably didn't get a whole lot of airtime in the U.S., but last week, school children across Europe walked out of school to raise awareness for climate change. And it was just really a remarkable scene to see all of these kids, you know, young kids, little kids coming together and demanding action on the climate crisis. In my opinion, it was um, one of the better efforts that we've seen and just kind of crazy to see really young kids organizing it and taking charge with it. But, you know, they're kind of scared of what the future holds and rightfully so. Back in early October, the UN, led by a bunch of the world's leading climate scientists, issued a warning that we only have a dozen years in order to get global warming under control. 12 years, you guys. I mean, what were you doing 12 years ago? I was in college, and it seems like yesterday. It was not that long ago. It was like the blink of an eye. And so that's how much time we have to get this under control. And so I hope that today's episode comes to you um, not from a place of me being an expert and wanting to force all of this on you, but from a place of um, just wanting us all to do a little bit better day to day. I don't think that there's any question that climate change is upon us and that a climate crisis is inevitable if we don't act. However, on the off chance, on the off chance that at least a couple of you are out there right now being skeptical and you're just a bit skeptical about climate change in general, I want to just start off with posing this thought to you just to maybe open you up a little bit more to things. Let's say that climate change is fake. And let's say 10 or 50 or 100 years from now, we find out it was totally fake. We had nothing to worry about. That would be awesome. But let's say that happens. Like we we spend all this time, you know, putting in more effort, taking precautions, passing tighter environmental regulations. We try to live in a more sustainable way. And we find out it was all for nothing. That climate change was really a hoax. It was fake. What is the worst that would happen? Like, what's the worst that happens if we put all this effort in and it's for nothing. The worst that happens is that we end up with a cleaner, healthier planet. Like that's the worst that happens. So um, the flip side of that whole thing is not so fun, right? Like if we pretend like climate change doesn't exist and it turns out it's very, very real, 
that side of the whole thing is a lot less fun. Okay, so my advice here is to act as though it's real, even if you don't buy into the data and science behind it, because at the end of the day, you'll be leaving the planet better than you found it. And I really think that's the responsibility that we all kind of share. I'd be remiss to dive into this episode without saying that large corporations, they're the ones that are mostly responsible for the pollution that contributes to global warming. And it can feel really unfair to put the burden on individuals, us little people, and the choices that we make. So will switching to cloth diapers save the planet? No. Will selling your car save the planet? No. But it's my belief that if we each become a little bit more conscious about waste in our own lives and we become more educated on how the environment is impacted by humans, more of us will be willing to hold the big corporations accountable for the role they're playing in the climate crisis. Like I said, I'm definitely no saint and I am far from perfect when it comes to living in a zero waste or super sustainable way. Unfortunately, I think it's kind of that belief that it has to be perfect, that we have to go 100% or not at all, that really prevents a lot of us from making changes. For me, living an eco-conscious life is a lot like last week's episode where I said that I try to eat 80% clean and 20% whatever I want. I kind of take a similar approach here. I've found simple, practical ways to reduce my impact, and I try to do my best the majority of the time because some change is better than no change at all, and I find that to be true with most things. I wanted to start this episode off by um, kind of telling a funny story. (laughs) So I was probably 15 or 16 years old, and a friend and I stopped by my dad's house. Um, I don't remember why we were there. It was to pick something up or drop something off or whatever, but I do remember that we got there, and my dad was out in his front yard washing his car. And we kind of approached, said hi, exchanged a few words, whatever. And then my friend and I walked in the house. And basically, as soon as we got in the door, she turned to me and was like, "Uh, was your dad holding a pair of his underwear? And I glanced out the window and sure as heck, there stands my dad uh, drying off his car with a pair of his old underwear. (laughs) Um. You know, to be honest, I think I always assumed that everyone's dad had a bag of old cut up underwear that they used as a chamois. So it hadn't really occurred to me that this was weird until this moment. Now, my dad, he is a freshwater biologist. So of course, he understands the environmental impact of waste, especially plastic waste, so much of which ends up in our water. But he's also a kid who grew up on a farm with seven siblings, so I think that for him there's also an economic element in saving and reusing. So keep those two things in mind as we kind of talk about this, is that you're not only helping the planet, almost all of these things are also going to save you money. And as far as my dad goes, the embarrassment for teenage me did not stop with the underwear chamois. My dad also has like never owned normal Tupperware. He has a Tupperware drawer in his house that is full of containers that he's saved and reused. Um, Cottage cheese containers are a definite favorite. Butter tubs, sour cream, stuff like that, like the round plastic tubs. He has an entire drawer full of these things. (laughs) If you have ever eaten a meal at his house, you know what I'm talking about because he has sent you home with like a cottage cheese container full of leftovers. (laughs) And um, something that really cracked me up recently was um, when I was back home in the U.S. in October, I was at his house and I had ordered one of my favorite shampoo and conditioner sets because I wanted to bring them back to Denmark with me. And unfortunately, the conditioner arrived and the plastic container it came in was cracked. 
And so I was like, what am I going to do? So I went to his drawer, dug out one of his plastic containers, put all the conditioner in that, sealed it up with a little bit of tape and brought it back to Denmark. And like a week or so later, I'm in the shower putting conditioner in my hair. And I look at this container that I had taken from my dad's house and the expiration date on it, I kid you not, was 1997. It, I mean, I just about fell out of the shower laughing. It was, it was just so funny. (laughs) On any given day, you can walk into my dad's kitchen and you will find a collection of Ziploc baggies that he has drying all over the countertop. I swear, he has some baggies that are probably older than me, and that's not an exaggeration. He uses them, washes them out, leaves them out to dry, and continues to reuse them. Now, my dad, I would say, is not someone, um, that I would classify as like, you know, a hippie who's living a zero waste lifestyle. But I think my dad, as comical as it is, is a really great example of someone who is doing their part. And it took me perhaps way too many years to realize that his embarrassing little habits add up over the course of a lifetime. And that is how I've started thinking about sustainability and eco-conscious living. What are the small changes I can make to reduce my waste on a daily basis? It's going to add up over my lifetime. So I've tried to focus on small, sustainable changes that are easy to implement and easy to maintain. And here are 10 of my favorites. Okay, so starting it off, I try to avoid purchasing products that come in plastic whenever possible. I, When I'm at the grocery store, I try to purchase bulk items as much as possible, nuts, seeds, anything, instead of buying an option that might be packaged in a plastic bag or plastic container. So when purchasing fresh produce at the store, I just skip, you know, the little plastic bags that you can put them in. And I just put, you know, the apples or whatever directly in my shopping cart. Now, I know this grosses some people out, but I'm just going to (laughs) say that you should be thoroughly washing your produce when you get it home. And if you aren't, then there's much more disgusting things on that than, you know, some germs from the shopping cart or shopping basket. Um, Another option, though, is you can get little cloth produce bags and bring them to the store with you to throw the fruit and vegetables in before you put them in the cart. So very easy to solve. Another thing that I guess I maybe took a hint from my dad with here is reusing containers for food storage. So not very many cottage cheese or butter tubs around here, but um, Josh does love to make fun of me for hoarding jars. So basically, if something comes into our home in a glass jar, I wash it, soak it in warm water to remove the label, and I save it. They are so great for basically everything, storing leftovers, shaking up drinks, taking beverages on the go. Um, I even take mason jars to the store with me for purchasing um, bulk items like rice and nuts or grains. Instead of using a paper or plastic bag, you can bring your own jar. And it's obviously a pretty simple and straightforward process. You just have to remember to zero out the scale before you start putting the food into it. Super easy. Another change that we've made is using reusable shopping bags. And we started doing this a lot about five years ago, but we've been pretty much exclusive about it for the past two years. Um, We've tried uh, not to ever need to take a plastic bag from the store. And if we get to the store and we realize we forgot the bag, we try to just buy how much we can carry. So I would say we've been pretty exclusive about it now for two years, which is so many bags saved. And we actually realized just in the last couple of weeks 
um, that the two reusable bags we have, we've had for yeah at least five or six years, and they're actually getting threadbare, and they're almost ready to fall apart. Um, and Josh kind of laughed at me because I said I was going to take them to the tailor and get them patched up instead of buying new ones, but I think I actually am going to do that. Um, but yeah, our reusable bags are getting threadbare because we've used them so much, and that just kind of made me feel really good to realize that like we've saved so many plastic bags from going into circulation that we have worn out these reusable bags. We also avoid using and purchasing paper towels and paper napkins. Now, we probably always have a roll of paper towels around, and we probably always have a pack of paper napkins around, but for the most part, on a day-to-day basis, we avoid using either one of them. Obviously, the alternative here is pretty straightforward and obvious. Um, If you spill something on the counter, need something up, use a cloth towel that can be washed. And then another tip I like to do is to use cloth napkins and it's kind of fun to each pick out your own so that you don't have like, you know, it's not a matching set, but like you pick one out that's your favorite color or pattern, keep them somewhere that are, it's easy to grab them kind of like you would a hand towel or a bath towel and just reuse them throughout the week, even maybe two weeks before you wash them. Because honestly, if you grab a napkin every time you eat, that really adds up and reusing a napkin is, I mean, that's not gross really. So cloth napkins, I think, are really cool. And especially if you're a larger family, you know, a family of four or five or more, that can add up to, you know, a ton of napkins in a week or a month. So let every member of your family pick out a cool cloth napkin that's their own and reuse them on a day-to-day basis. Kind of along those same lines, another thing that we do is kind of pick out our own dishes. And so we both are kind of cup people. So we each have our own cup that we drink water and stuff with, and we each have our own coffee mug. That way we don't end up with glasses kind of sitting around where we're not sure whose is whose. And um, we just tend to like reuse them a lot. And so it avoids having our sink fill up with dishes that need to be washed unnecessarily. And again, I think this is especially helpful if you have a bigger family, if you have kids to kind of get everyone in the habit of reusing their own special cup, maybe even their own bowl or plate. Um, Just a really easy way to cut down on not only the amount of dishes you have to do, which is kind of nice if you're the person doing them, um, but just how often you're using water for your dishwasher. Another thing I've done that I consider... uh, something I do to be eco-conscious is eliminating toxic ingredients in my personal care routine. So over the past five years, I've almost entirely eliminated toxic ingredients in the products that I put on my body. Hopefully by now you understand that what you put on your skin gets absorbed into your body and we know how this can impact our health. There's tons of research out there. Please don't come at me trying to tell me this isn't true (laughs) because it is. It can cause everything from headaches to hormonal imbalances, infertility, and even types of cancer, tons of types of cancer, are linked directly to the products that we, especially women, are putting on our bodies on a daily basis. So it's really important to understand that from a health perspective, but what you put onto your body also eventually ends up going down your drain and then into our water supply. Now, I could talk for a long time about the products that I've discovered and the ones that I love, but I think I'm going to save that for a blog post in February. So if this interests you, if you want to know what non-toxic makeup and skincare and all of that that I've switched over to over the last few years, check back for that blog post sometime. But mostly this tip is just about being conscious about what ingredients are in um, things, especially things that go directly down your drain. So shampoo and body wash and face wash especially, and just kind of moving towards 
products that have a clean ingredient list as much as you can. Another switch that I've made in kind of the personal care product category, I guess, is switching to a menstrual cup. Now, if you don't know, no, if you don't really know what this is, not surprised. They're not super, super popular, although they are definitely becoming more popular. But obviously, it's not something that people sit around and talk all day about. And I don't think that they're are any commercials about them or anything currently like there are for pads or tampons. But the average woman will use over 15,000 products in her lifetime, and that can be easily replaced with a simple little cup. They're typically designed to last you about 10 years. So for, for most women, you'll just need to go through a couple of them in your lifetime. And one of my favorite posts about Um, using a menstrual cup is by Lee from America. It's one of my favorite health and wellness blogs. And if you're curious about how they work or what they are or how to properly use one, I'll put the link to her tutorial in today's show notes so that you can get all educated about menstrual cups um, because they really are a really wonderful eco-conscious way to make a simple switch in your life that can have a really big impact. Now, this next one is kind of embarrassing for me, as if talking about menstrual cups wasn't embarrassing enough, but uh, this one is kind of embarrassing for me because it's something I used to be so bad about, but as we all know, I drink a lot of water, and that can mean using a lot of plastic bottles. Sometimes it's hard to avoid, especially when we're traveling, but I used to be really bad about buying like the big one or even three-gallon containers from the grocery store. I know I kind of cringe when I think about it, especially when I think about uh, just how much plastic that was wasting. It seems just ridiculous to me to say it now. So if you are someone who is buying big packs of water, try to improve it. So if you're someone who buys Um, you know, cases of Dasani or whatever, try to improve that by moving to gallon jugs or the three gallon jugs like I was just talking about, because those are more eco-friendly than buying all of the individual little bottles. And if you're somebody who's buying the gallon jugs or the three gallon jugs, try to move towards buying a filter that you can keep in your fridge. Um, So if you're someone who just doesn't like the flavor of tap water or your tap water isn't safe and you need to have it filtered, Look into a pitcher. My favorite ones are by Soma, and uh, I'll put a link to that in today's show notes. I've talked about it before on the show, um, but they're just one of my favorite uh, companies that are producing filters that are eco-friendly as well. Um, So it's just kind of full circle and really great. Um, But yeah, water in plastic bottles is just kind kind of a ridiculous concept when you think about it. So reduce your use on that one. Next, I'm going to talk about laundry routines. Our laundry rooms are a huge source of toxic chemicals and waste. So start, first of all, by switching to a non-toxic laundry detergent if you haven't already. And if possible, switch to something that's more sustainable. So in Denmark, we have something called an eco-egg, and I had never heard of it until we moved. But I looked online, and you can get them in the U.S. They even have them like on Amazon. So super simple to get. But what they are, if you haven't ever seen one, is just kind of a small plastic egg thing. And they're filled with this mineral-based cleaning Um, I guess you'd call it like a granule. They kind of look like little stones or something, but it's like a mineral-based granule. And their largest option, um, they have different sizes of them. And the longest lasting one lasts 720 wash cycles. So for Josh and I, we only do about six loads of laundry a month. And so 720 washes, that would last us about 10 years. And you know how much these things cost? $20, right? So 
not only is it saving so much plastic, I mean, think about how much plastic that saves, but it saves so much money. Laundry detergent is so expensive. Kind of ridiculous to me. So anyway, I'll put a link to those in the show notes. But anyway, another suggestion in the laundry room is to air dry your clothes. Now, I know most of you are going to be like, ugh, it's so much work. And I used to definitely be in that boat where I kind of felt that way. But not only is line drying way better for your clothing, I mean, it'll help it last a lot longer, but your clothes also have less static and less cling naturally, which is nice. And if you're a little bit strategic about how you hang them on the rack, they can also dry with fewer wrinkles and a bit of a life hack here. They're already partially folded, which is something I've kind of learned in recent months. If you hang them in a certain way, they're half folded, and then you only have like one fold left when you remove them off the rack. Maybe I'll have to make a video about this. I don't know. Or maybe somebody has. But anyway, I feel like it's a life hack and pretty brilliant. (laughs) Obviously, air drying is free, so it saves you money and saves energy, which is good. And Personally, I really like outdoor laundry lines. I definitely want a huge one someday. But for now, Ikea makes an incredible drying rack called the Moolig. And it holds at least two to three loads of laundry. We love it. I've checked and it is available in the U.S. as well. Um, So I'll put a link in the show notes. But if you just cannot get hip to the air drying thing, which I kind of understand, and you want to machine dry your laundry, another great swap that you can make is to quit using dryer sheets or fabric softener and switch to wool dryer balls. Fabric softener and dryer sheets just introduce more toxic ingredients and irritants into your laundry routine. And then laundry sheets also produce an unnecessary garbage, right, with the little papers that get left. So wool dryer balls are exactly what they sound like. They're balls made out of wool. And they help eliminate the static in your laundry, but then you can also put like a few drops of an essential oil on them. And that kind of gives like a nice natural light scent to your laundry if you're someone who just, you know, has to have that fragrance in there. Personally, I really like using lavender back when we used the dryer. (laughs) I had the dryer balls and used like lavender oil. So it's really lovely. But yeah, I will link to the Eco Egg, the Ikea drying rack, and my favorite dryer balls in the show notes. So if you want to green up that laundry room, I've got all the resources for you. Okay. And I have saved the worst or maybe the most controversial suggestion for last, but try to drive less or try to become a no car household. I know what you're thinking. This is a major one and it doesn't belong on this little list of things that are supposed to be easy to integrate, but just hear me out on it. Josh and I have been a no-car household for over a year now, and before that, we were a one-car household for almost six years. And the year that we lived in Minneapolis, to be honest, we had a car there, but we didn't need it. We drove it maybe once every two weeks. And so we've definitely been kind of trending downward with our car usage, and now we are obviously at zero. So my plea here is not so much to get rid of your car altogether because I know it's super difficult depending on where you live and in most parts of the U.S. it's just really not an option. But think about how much you drive and how much you can reduce it. Could you technically carpool to work with your partner? Could you carpool with someone you work with who lives nearby? Um, Perhaps you could encourage your workplace or your school to put together like a carpooling program. Um, Obviously, this has a wonderful environmental impact, but Not having a car saves you an incredible amount of money. People love to ask us how we can afford to travel so much. And I mean, to be honest, we've 
been a one or no car household for six years. And that saves us an incredible amount of money. Um, So we just kind of consider that our travel fund when we're not paying two car payments and two insurance payments every month. Um, So maybe if you and your husband can carpool or you can ride with a friend, you could get rid of one car in your house or you could just try to carpool a few times a week to cut down on how much you are driving. So just kind of think about it. Maybe you don't become a no car household, but I'm definitely willing to bet that you could reduce your driving if you put a little thought into it. So that concludes the eco-conscious living tips that I have for you today. But I'm sure you guys also have plenty of your own and I would absolutely love to hear them. If you're listening to today's show and have an easy swap or a change that you've made in your life or your home, please drop a message to tell me about it. And I would love to add some of them into today's show notes to kind of help everybody out. Earlier this week, I was on Instagram story and I was talking about Marie Kondo and her Netflix series Tidying Up, which I'm sure some of you have also been watching. And I love the show and I love that it's motivating people to declutter their homes and simplify their lives because obviously that is a kind of big message of mine, I guess. But it's also giving me anxiety thinking about all of the garbage that it's producing. And it bothers me that the show never addresses this and never talks about um good ways to throw things away, the proper way to dispose of certain items, or better, more conscious ways to donate your goods. And so I was talking about this on Instagram story earlier this week, and you guys were just super receptive to the information and also super helpful with your own ideas. And so I did a whole blog post where I shared this stuff and put it all kind of in one little blog post. So if you are someone who's got the KonMari bug right now and you are purging and cleaning out closets and you're a little overwhelmed with the feeling of waste, please head over and check out that blog post because I have tons of great kind of conscious, eco-friendly ways for you to get rid of items. So check that blog post out. I'll put it in the show notes. So again, I want to reiterate that I know that personal changes that we make are not going to be enough to save the planet, unfortunately. The only way we can slow climate change is to demand sustainable measures and eco-friendly practices on a corporate level. My hope is that by becoming more eco-conscious in our everyday lives, it'll motivate us towards activism on a larger scale. As more of us make sacrifices, we put in that extra effort and work towards change. I hope that that really helps us start demanding the same types of changes from big businesses and legislators. Hopefully sooner rather than later because the clock is literally ticking. I'm going to end this week's episode with a quote from 16-year-old climate activist Greta Thunberg. And she is one of those activists that was kind of organizing those walkouts across Europe last week. Find her on Instagram if you're not following her. She is so inspiring. I don't feel weird saying that at all. Like, what a kid. Anyways, this is a quote that was from a piece that she wrote recently, and I will also link to her um, kind of whole op-ed um, in today's show notes. We are at a time in history where everyone with any insight of the climate crisis that threatens our civilization and the entire biosphere must speak out in clear language, no matter how uncomfortable or unprofitable that may be. We must change almost everything in our current societies. The bigger your carbon footprint, the bigger your moral duty. The bigger your platform, the bigger your responsibility. Adults keep saying, we owe it to the young people to give them hope, but I don't want your hope. I don't want you to be hopeful. I want you to panic. I want you to feel the fear I feel every day. And then I want you to act. I want you to act as you would in a crisis. I want you to act as if the house is on fire because it is. 
Okay. What a quote, right? Love it. Okay. So as always, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. And remember to check the show notes for links and resources over at planpodcast.com. Thank you for tuning in and making some plans with us today. You can find the show notes for all episodes over at planpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tell someone about it by sharing this episode with them and taking a moment to rate us and review us in the App Store. Don't forget, we've got plans next week, and we will see you then.